are Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best, and Woof. Uh, That's a nice way of putting it. That is a that is a nice way of putting it. We, we have so much to discuss after this game, and I think if you've been listening to us long enough, you know that we are not hot take artists. Matt will sometimes have a bad take, but he's not a hot <laughs> take artist. <laughs> hey, I am defending you here. Oh, uh, no, you're right. You're right. Because, I mean, every, everyone by now should know you're from Toronto, and there can be plenty of hot hockey takes that come out of that city. So <laughs> we'll just... We'll just, we'll just keep keep it at that. This game, after two decent games the National Predators had, this is the reason why we were not overhyping the victories they had over Columbus and the 2-0 shutout over Detroit. Because they're not consistent enough to give you any sort of hope. And that's what we saw in this game that easily could have been a six to two game, if not for some before posts. empty netting or before empty before net the empty net, not so not even kind of empty net it could have easily been a six two game, if not for the post being hit by Dylan Larkin a couple times and even other players as well. The Predators allowed a hat trick to happen. I mean this against oh. by the Detroit Red Wings. I mean no the, no, no no by Sam Gagne, not even the Detroit Red Wings by Sam freaking Gagne, the <laughs> man who is just off the grid completely. Oh, let's score his first goal of the season. I was like, okay, whatever. Who hadn't scored in what seventeen games, right? He, he these were his first goals yeah. all year. And the second goal is like, okay, cool. And then I called it as soon as the second goal happened. I said to myself, "There's going to be a hat trick here." And then the empty net goal, just for a dagger. I don't care that it was an empty net goal that completed the hat trick. You gave up a hat trick to Sam Gagne. That's a reality check. That's one of your closed door meetings. That's absolute utter BS. The Red Wings are bad. They're not a good team. But like you said, this could have been 6-2 even before the empty net goal. It's just what a lackluster effort. And there's no point in criticizing the small aspects of this game because (laughs) if it was a closer season where every single game mattered so much, then, yeah, we'd probably take the time to dissect and be like, well, at this point in the game, at X minutes, the breakout was poor, which caused this turnover, which caused this goal. I don't give an SHIT about that. I I truly don't at this point in the season. They lost, and they lost poorly. They lost horribly. Pecorine was abysmal. There is no other way to put it. And he let in some soft goals. But if you for one second put all of the blame on Pekka and nobody else, and you think this game was winnable, if Pekka played average, you need to give your head a shake too. Because that's a wrong take. It's not even a hot take. You're wrong. Pekka was bad. The team was bad. This was a full team loss. It was. And, and I mean, we talked about how on Tuesday, they had a tremendous amount of high danger chances. And they converted into the power play. Well, this game, they were outchanced in terms of high danger Corsi by the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> I mean, 10 to 11. So bad. 10 to 11. That's not good, especially 10 to 11 <clears throat> when, when you had 39 shots on goal. <laughs> so that they right went there, back to just yeah, they reverted chances. Yeah, and if you look at the heat map, yeah, there's some chances right in front of the net, including one of their goals that was a five-on-five. Five. But then you go and look at where Detroit was scoring their goals as well. They were they were behind not, the net. 
yeah behind the net legitimately behind the net in that little area that's next to the trapezoid and between the red line and the corner area yeah scored from there gotta close that up not not good i mean it's not like it's steven stamkos finding the little sliver of light it was literally being tossed towards the net and it's like oh they scored it's in how how about that and like we look at these heat maps i have a frog in my throat i don't know why better than a bat in my throat we'll get to that later Um, (laughs) when you look at these heat maps and folks if you have the chance go to naturalstatric.com find the predators go look at the heat maps and then sort it by all you'll see that the preds yeah they generated some scoring chances in front of the net directly in front I don't care if it's directly in front of the net. I want to see chances to the left of the net and to the right of the net, because that means there's lateral movement going on and you're getting consistent chances from there. These chances in front of the net, it's a heat map, a rebound that pops out there and you get one quick whack at it. That's a chance on a heat map in front of the net. There, there were just so many questionable plays that happened in this game. And I know I said it's not completely Pekka's fault, but the one play where he leaped out of his net and was like trying to punch a rebound into the sides. He was fighting. I was like, that was, uh, that's not good. But here's what I'm thinking too. He's an old dude. He's not supposed to be getting this many starts. And I'm not going to the defense of Pecorine. I'm just saying like, this is the effect that Saros has on Pekka. Because Saros hasn't been up to snuff. Are you, are you Pekka should... ahead subjects again? No. You sure? Because that's number two on our list. It's just an overview. <laughs> When you when you give me like segment one to be an overview, I just I hit on that real quick and then uh, okay 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 okay, okay 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 go on go on go on no Pekka, okay, Saros no, Pekka, no, Saros no, so done, whatever done done you done. sure you you, you yeah, sure yeah, yeah okay okay yeah. <laughs> okay so but okay along with with fighting that as well the predators as a team as you already stated Matt too were not any help. In front of him. I mean, one of the goals that Detroit scored was right off the faceoff. I mean, yeah. Detroit dominated in faceoffs too. Luke Glendening put on a clinic, and he has in the past oh two games. My. He he put on an absolute clinic. I mean, he won he won seventy six percent of his faceoffs, and then he scored a goal from his knees. Let's not forget that. Yeah. So Luke Glendening put on a clinic. The, the Detroit Red Wings scored a goal off the faceoff, and this this is again. I don't bring it up every time because face-offs aren't a story every time. Sometimes they, they are a story and a, and a theme. Sometimes they aren't. In this game, face-offs were absolutely a theme because the Predators weren't gaining possession at the right times. They lost possession on a face-off, and it turned into a goal against. Right there. That makes it a story. Other times, yeah, it's not a story. Did you win it and then possession changed immediately after that because of a turnover? Then it's not a story anymore. But this direct winning of a face-off led to a direct scoring opportunity and a goal. Mm-hmm. You can't let those kinds of things happen when you're playing the Detroit Red Wings. You, you just can't. No. I'm not trying to take anything away from, from Detroit either because I was on the pregame show for 1025 The Game, and uh, Darren McFarland, the host there, just was talking about how pesky Detroit can be. And if you look at some of the scores that they've put up against other teams, pesky is a right word because I even said, too, that – and I, I kind of held myself back because I was on, you know, the Predators flagship station. But the Detroit Red Wings, in a part, are kind of too young and stupid to know they should be bad at times. Like, yeah. they chip on the shoulder because they're young. It's like everybody's overlooking them. They can be pesky. And granted, it's not going to turn into a lot of wins, but it's going to turn into sometimes they're going to squeak out a victory. And they've done that already against other teams. It's not just the Predators that they beat. They've beat other teams like Columbus. They beat Florida before, and they squeaked out some wins here or there. 
but overall the predators should be better than detroit they're not i mean so people are going to be clapping back right now and saying but they're not overall they are a better team still a better team but they're not executing like they're the better team detroit is finding a way to win and find a way to win certain matchups of the game as well and that's a good thing for detroit because you have young guys that are chipping in plus non-young guys that are chipping in but detroit (laughs) is taking advantage yeah detroit's taking advantage of little aspects of the game that the predators just were not executing on and yeah they put up almost 40 shots again but it goes right to what we're saying all the times before they completely abandoned their game. And they said that in the post game as well. They abandoned their game. Well, why are you abandoning your damn game? You know, it was working before. Why don't you continue to do that? And this is like the athlete psychology type of thing too, that any sports, uh, any, any athlete goes through. It's the psychology of sports. How can you not continue to do what you know you're supposed to be doing? It was a case of like, you know when you're scared and you're like your back's up against the wall and you just revert to doing old habits that are terrible for you? I mean, like, if you're scared and you're lonely, you might call an ex or something, just being a complete idiot. It feels like the Predators <laughs> called their ex and their ex was just bad hockey, even though they moved on for a game and they were looking good. They had this hot new thing going on and they're like, nope, we are uh, we're lonely and sad now. It's one o'clock and I'm sending the you up texts like that's what's happening. They just went back to playing BS hockey. And to go back to the last episode, when I said they struggle against teams that have an offensive threat and then the secondary scoring, I didn't think the secondary scoring would be Sam Gagne. And I didn't think he'd be a problem. I I can't get over Sam Gagne getting a hat trick. That blows my mind. Uh, They did a good job containing Mantha. And I think Mantha contained himself. And I do think Mantha is the best pure offensive talent on that team right now. Better than Larkin, better than Zadina. But Zadina looked good. He had just under 18 minutes or time on ice here. I'm looking at it now. Larkin was okay. He shot the puck a ton. Didn't play as much as Zadina as Mantha. But those guys were semi-invisible. Sam Gagne wasn't. So what you're you're saying with all this is there's some baggage. (laughs) There's a lot of baggage going on. There's some baggage going on. What's going on and just move on with their lives. Yeah, but like you said, sometimes they're just going to call because it's familiar. I mean, the Red Wings are familiar rivals from from yesteryear. It's just like, hey, you up? It's like, yeah, want to play? Yeah, I do want to play. All right, I'll let you win first. Okay, then the next game, you got to let me win. It's just like, you up? Yeah, I'm coming over. Okay, tomorrow you got to come over to my place then. Like, that's what's going on here with these Predators. It's ridiculous. It's Don't the they point realize it's com- a pandemic? I'm comparing them to a booty call. That is how you are terrible... I feel about this team right now. And I mean, we're members of the media and we're not supposed to go on here and like completely rag on this team, but that's about as nice as I can get about it right now. It's just, it's, it's not that it's disheartening because I, it's not that I have thrown in the towel. It's more so that I know what to expect. I know what I'm looking at. I know the product. And we talked about it in the beginning of the year, the middle of the year and the preseason as well Is like, we're going to pull one good thing. One good thing is Grandlin keeps scoring, which means his trade value it stonks going up. Stonks so there's going up. <laughs> there's one good thing from this game. I will not give you a single good thing otherwise from like gameplay. Tolvanen looked good. If you want me to say that too, sure. He looked yeah. great. He was. I don't watch you say anything. I mean, we're being honest. Yeah, here. He, he was visible on the ice. Like other than that, Sam Gagne scored a hat trick against your team. That's all you need to take away. The, the people that listen understand what we're trying to do here too in terms of analyzing the game and giving them some real talk and I think people can appreciate real talk and it's not us bagging on the team it's giving real talk and analysis again like we've said in previous podcasts we're not going out there and calling people trash 
No, but we'll just, call a spade a spade. We'll call a spade a spade, and the on ice product right now is not matching anything that they should be capable of doing, and therefore that means changes need to happen. And that's why we've been saying embrace the rebuild because mm-hmm. it's not going to change. And it goes, it comes down to even mental capacity, mental fortitude, and everything with psychology as well. You can keep saying we need to get better, we need to get better, but sometimes a change, a tremendous change, needs to happen for it to get better. And sometimes you just have to flip, flip the switch and have a paradigm shift and yeah, it's, it's it's tough to rip the band-aid off to rip the duct tape off <laughs> but but it's, it's getting to that point where that's what they're going to have to do and sooner that sooner rather than later oh he pulls out a roll of duct tape as it's gorilla tape, tape. oh Jesus. don't put gorilla glue in your hair by the way yeah, i've seen do people that. do that and please if you're gonna do, do it facetime me i want to watch you be an idiot so hopefully when people are listening to this too, they understand where we're coming from and the point of view that we're just trying to say what's what else wrong. And you see it too, folks. We know you see it because you're, you're complaining about all the time and it's disheartening. That's why we're trying to level the hype a little bit when they do win, because there's going to be more games. The predators are going to win. They're probably hmm. going to squeak out a win against Tampa. They're going to I was win about a, to say, a game yeah. against Florida, but it's one of those things until they can string it together consistently and look good consistently, especially against bad teams there's no reason to think this team's obviously going to make the playoffs. And if anything, you make moves sooner rather than later to put yourself in better position to have better draft picks, to to make sure you're selling at the right time as well for when you think other teams may be wanting players as well. So if you're getting good calls right now and you think things are going to go up, you're playing the stock market game in terms of player value right now too. I mean, that's exactly what is going on because there's no doubt David Poe is receiving phone calls aplenty right oh, yeah. now for, from multiple general managers. And it's playing the game of, okay, is this player's value going to go up or down? Like you said, Mikhail Gladlin's value went up tonight. The little bit of things that he's doing, it's going up right now too. So do you hold on and think it'll go up even further? Because it's going to probably make the difference between a round in the draft. Or yeah. it could be the difference in terms of the around in a draft, uh, sorry, in a pick that is conditional. I mean, yeah. all those little little things when it comes to trade and what's going to be the return, the value of what the player's doing right now is going to either go up or go down. Like, Matias Ekholm being injured does not help the value overall. I think still people are going to realize what they're getting, but they're going to want to see him in some games first before they pull the trigger on that, too. Yeah. So it, it's it's curious, too. I mean... To circle back to the first thing you said about embracing the rebuild, go look at what the Ottawa Senators are doing right now. They just won their third game in a row against the Calgary Flames, who I understand aren't the greatest team, but the Senators are fun to watch. They're a bad team. They're 7-14-1. They are not expected to make the playoffs. If they do, it'll be awesome. It'll be hilarious to me. But you look at who's scoring goals from them other than Eric Branson. You have Connor Brown, who they picked up from a cash-strapped Leafs, which the Predators could put themselves in a position to do such a thing. Eric Brandstrom, Drake Batherson, and Colin White. All guys that they have traded for with young assets or four older assets or guys they've drafted. And they're fun to watch. They're a pesky team. They're not a team that you're expecting to win. They're playing no-pressure hockey. And they're going out there. They're beating the Habs. They're beating the Leafs. They're beating the Flames. They're fun. That's the kind of thing you should learn to expect and learn to embrace once it happens. You want those Bathersons. You want those Colin Whites. You want those homegrown guys that start with your roster. Not these 
mixed parts and pieces that you try and bandage your team with at the trade deadline to be semi-competitive and F yourself out of a playoff spot and a good draft pick at the same time. It's not what you want. You want the homegrown talent. And it's just, you got to embrace it sooner or later and you got to be ready for it. And uh, like we were talking about, Granlin too. He's got to keep scoring when the team is bad and losing because it makes him look better than when the team is winning and he's getting (laughs) goals. Preds need to kind of suck while Granlin needs to start rolling in order for things to get going. And they need Richardson healthy and playing as well because he's an asset to be traded. Yeah, just go win a couple of faceoffs, go out there for a game, win four and call it a day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, up next, let's discuss Pecorine and just get our thoughts on this game uh, and fully obviously still understanding He's the goat of this franchise. And we'll go from there again. Balanced takes is what we want to provide <laughs> as much as we possibly stop giggling. I know this it's fan funny. base. I know. I, I know this fan yeah, base. Yeah, someone recommended they hire Mike, Mike Babcock. <laughs> okay, that is a very unpopular opinion, though. It's so, so don't... stupid. Okay, up next, let's discuss goaltending situation with the National Predators, Locked on Predators podcast, Justin Bradford, Matt Best. You know what's not stupid? Getting Built Bar into your system. Built Bar is a fantastic product, and I finally had time to try the new flavor they had sent us. It's like this peanut butter crunch chocolate thing, and my goodness, does it ever get me going. I'll send get are you up text to Built Bar now at 1 o'clock in the morning. Can't believe I said that in a live ad read. They have 18 flavors, 18 different ways you can call them. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, a delicious, delicious treat. And I can't look at what Justin's doing on the webcam right now because I will say some bad stuff. But what's not bad is this promo code we have for you today. It's locked on 20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. So the promo code has changed. It's no longer locked on. It's locked on 20, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-2-0. I guess we're just trying to see if you're sleeping on these ad reads. You got to listen to them because sometimes I will say fun things while Justin is off camera moving around a lot. And I don't know what he's doing. Find out in the next segment. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on 20. Oh, he's getting his built bar and inserting it into his hand. Locked on 20, 20% off your next order. Welcome back to the Locked on Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best. You doing all right there, buddy? You're a sick puppy. Also, I keep looking over my shoulder too. There's, For the bat? There, there's a bat in my house. So I, I get this message from Matt that there's a bat in his house, but it's gone incognito for a little there's bit. Been a bat in my house since 7.30 p.m. It is 1.26 a.m. I don't know where it is. Did it fly in through a door or a window? I've opened the door twice today. Once when I got home from a golf simulator where I threw out my back. Ha ha ha. Uh, and oh. number two. Yeah, I'm in a bit of pain right now. Number two, but I love golf so much that it doesn't really matter to me. I am old. And number two, when I had people come door to door trying to sell me something. And I was like, I'm working right now. You can just go. And those are the only two times. And I think I would have noticed a bat flying in through the door, but there's no, like, I, I need to, I need to back up. What were they selling? Honestly, I don't even know. They gave me some shield. They're like, hi, we're this dude. And the other guy was like, hi, I'm this guy. And it was like the most scripted ad read, I guess. And the one guy was wearing a Montreal Canadiens face mask too. So I was like, I don't even want to listen to you. So, so the <laughs> door-to-door sales in a pandemic. Wearing masks. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, it's curious to me that somebody thought that was a good idea. Oh, no, that's why, like, I was thrown off by it, too. And I have this big F-off doorbell that it rings through the whole house. So I was like, 
I haven't heard that all like pandemic because no one comes here other than Amazon people to chuck packages at my door. And there was just two dudes out there trying to sell me something like midway through their sentence. I was like, I'm working, not interested. Thanks. Were they trying to sell encyclopedias? No, they both had like binders. So I think they maybe were looking for like donations or something. Oh, magazines. They're selling magazines. Probably. I don't know. It was just, it was awful. People have those or volcano insurance. Is that a thing? Or did I just look like a dumbass for thinking that's a thing? <laughs> it's a thing from Family Guy. Oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could. But, I could edit this out. But don't but you I think can't. we're due? <laughs> oh, no. But anyways, long story short, there is a bat in my house. And uh, you know those Filipino brooms? Like yes. the ones I got one of oh, those no. at the top of the stairs right here next to me. I have a golf club. Don't kill the bat. I'm not going to. This is my like poke it away and shoot it into a corner thing. And then I have a towel over there and I have like four blankets. You, you know, would probably shoot them away a little bit faster. I don't have a tennis racket. No, I was going to say, get a little bit of garlic. <laughs> You're a Filipino household. You have plenty of garlic There's and just tons start laying it everywhere. Cause eventually it's not going to like the smell of garlic. Is that a thing? Or are you messing with me? Well, for vampires, it's a thing. I look like an idiot again. <laughs> I thought you would have caught on. I'm so sorry. So many people not, have been saying different uh, things to me on Twitter. Like, oh, do this, sorry. do this, do this. And one of my friends, Andy, she's like, oh, you should light a white candle and sprinkle salt around it. I Googled it. <laughs> No, you didn't. That in my house. No, you didn't. I did. I didn't understand it. I'm so sorry, dude. This is the dumbest I've looked. All my hockey credibility goes out the window. I just look like a jagaloon. Oh, we we just need to get a big stamp that says gullible. I want to swear. Volcano with shirts. I'm going to make you bleep some stuff. Okay. Okay. So Pecorine. Did not I look have the a best. bag of Teddy Grams <laughs> trying to feel to protect, better. That's supposed to protect against bats. No, oh, shut okay. up. Let's talk about Peck. <laughs> okay, so Pecorine, we we talked. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> after the game on Tuesday, his shutout, <laughs> he had a shutout, his 59th of his career. And Pecorine looked good in that game, he, he made some game stealing saves. And there are a few good saves that he made in this game, but it wasn't up to par with where he needed to be to win the game, obviously, because they lost. But not just that. There are multiple times the post was hit. And when the post is hit, that means the goaltender got beat. Mm-hmm. And all it would be was a, would it be a matter of an inch or so, and That's the puck would have been say. in. Yeah. Oh, do they? <laughs> <laughs> We're half Filipino. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry, isn't it more like two or three centimeters for you? Anyways, uh, <laughs> Pecorine was just, it, he was fighting the puck a lot in this loss to Detroit. I mean, fighting the puck, like you even mentioned the first second Matt, where he tried to block it away and punch the puck away, and then it bloop dropped and was right there to be mm. popped right in. That I mean, was that, bad. That was, that was really bad, and there were, pl- there were some soft goals that he let in that even, I was watching the Detroit broadcast, and we'll touch on that later. I was watching the Detroit. Oh, broadcast. we're gonna get to talk about that oh, in a respectful I'll, way. 
I want you to talk about it for sure. Thank you. I was watching the Detroit broadcast, and they're even saying that that's another one you know that Pecorino would want back, and saying that he he's he was good on Tuesday and everything, and that he, he's obviously he's the starter right now. And just talking a little bit about Pecorino and what he's been doing too, and that he would want these back, and yeah, he would want those back. So it goes into the whole thing too that yeah, Pecorino is obviously the starter because he started both games against Detroit. He started multiple both games he is starting the first game but is that going to change this is why it's so important though for you Cesaros to get it together <laughs> and be better because for them to have a legitimate 1a 1b they have to be able to balance it out instead of just riding the hot goaltender we've been saying yeah ride the hot goaltender ride the goaltender but then it'll come crashing down we go well goaltenders can have a bad game yeah, they can have a bad game, but you can't rely on a bad game and be like, oh, well, let's just put Yusuf Saros in when he's been really bad as well. Like, that's what that's the problem right now that this team has is that they don't have a backup that can come right in and be like, you know what? I got this for, for a few games. I can spell you out because there's no confidence in there. And you've even mentioned before the team plays differently typically in front of Pekka compared to when they're playing in front of Saros. That's where the issue lies in of what is going to be the future in the crease for this organization while they're waiting for Yaroslav Askarov to be ready to go. And again, when he comes over, you don't want to just throw him in as the starter. Goaltenders take a while <clears> the <throat> season. You want him to get some time. You want him to, you, you, it would be great to see him play at least half a season in Milwaukee. I mean, something just to see what, what he can do on the, the smaller ice as well for, for the majority of the time and to see what he can do against other men in North America compared to just the KHL. I mean, there, there's things, there's steps that have to be taken there. You can't rush him. If you rush him, that could be bad for his development. So they're going to have to probably look outside the organization or see what Connor Ingram can do. So many questions right now, Matt. And I'm, I'm just planting this all out because I want you to take over for like two minutes <laughs> and give and give your take on this because I just laid everything out. But there's so many huge question marks that they have to address. So taking it from the top and working my way all the way to the bottom with what I think should happen. One, Pecorine is 30 eight years old there are not many teams in the nhl where a 38 old 38 year old is your incumbent number one starter where does the 38 year old belong on a rebuilding team like the anaheim ducks where you get ryan miller starting a few games here and there on a stanley cup contending team but he's still solid curtis McElhaney from the tampa bay lightning playing second fiddle to andre vasilevsky and i didn't know if McElhaney was ever going to start a game but he finally started a few that is where old goaltenders belong on bonafide rebuilding teams or bonafide just winning teams. Now, here's the deal with Pekka. He's 38. He is going to be a tired human being. You don't ride a 38-year-old all the way through the season. You need some spot starts from Saros. You need, like you said, for him to get his stuff together. This is it, in my opinion, for Saros. This is his season to either show up and do something, or I've been thinking about it more and more. And this isn't me trying to give out a hot take. I think there's a serious, serious possibility that he could be dealt to a team like Seattle or to a team that's willing to take a chance and sign him to a deal and get him going, see if what he can do. But I think I was talking to our guy, Kyle Perkins, and Kyle, if you don't know, creates a ton of memes for Locked On. He's a funny as hell dude. And him and I DM hockey. And if you ever want to talk hockey with me, feel free. I'll answer my DMs. They're open. Unless you're going to be a jack wagon, I'm not going to answer you. Yeah. Um, but Kyle's great at memes, except for spelling Reese's wrong, but he caught himself. And that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so Kyle did ask me about what I think about the Pekka and Saros 
situation. I'm just going to read Cole's notes of what I sent to him. I said, I think Pekka will only extend a year, if any. And then the plan is to either trade Saros, and I think you can try Seattle and see if you can get any future assets from them, and then basically wait until the 2022-23 season for Askarov. Askarov will not be here next year. It's the 2022-23 season where his contract has expired. So here's my game plan of what I'd like to see. And if this doesn't happen, then I don't have a backup plan right now because it's February, and why would I? Oh, you sign Reimer, <laughs> you sign Reimer to a two or three year deal. So over the 2021-22 season, if Pekka comes back, you have Reimer and Pekka on a rebuilding team. You don't want to throw in bad goalies on a rebuilding team. You need some wins during a rebuild, and you need a goalie that could steal you a win or two. And Reimer and Pekka have shown that they can do it. And then you just run about a 50-50 split there. So when the 2022-23 season comes along, you have Reimer and Askarov, and that's more of a 50-50 time split. And you have Reimer showing Askarov like, hey, this is what it's like being an NHL goalie. And basically they run through it that way. And then 2023-24, if Reimer has a three-year deal, it flips. Askarov's your number one, Reimer's your number two. That, I think, is the ultimate goalie plan for the Nashville Predators. Is That Reimer plan could absolutely change. That could be Saros there but it needs to be a changing of the guard. Soros, if anything, needs to put the Preds in a tough position to deal him when Askarov comes along. Instead of this willy-nilly position he's in right now, <clears throat> where if a decent asset comes along, you go ahead and trade him. Willy-nilly. Willy-nilly, yeah. But in, until then, like, I don't want to say keep riding the hot hand because at this point, you need to see what Soros' value is worth. You need to see what he's valuable, not only as a trade asset, but to this team as a whole to see if he can be that James Reimer in my plan or if the team needs to cut bait, trade him away, get anything for him and move on. I, I don't want to call it in February yet. I don't want to say it's time to move on from a goaltender. Well, it's almost it's, March. Yeah, it's, it's almost March. But I mean, we're not halfway through the season yet. We're not there. Close. We're close. We're close. <laughs> getting close We're already. Close. So but even then, I don't throw the towel in halfway. I throw it in around like three quarters because the St. Louis Blues made me think differently. Uh, but that, that doesn't happen. There, I know. I know. But I'm not going <laughs> to say this is a St. Louis Blues team. I'm just saying I'm not going to be quick on player assessment. Well, no. Yeah. On the towel yeah, yeah. on a player. I totally understand that. So, so you're more of the change of mindset. And I think more people would be swinging that way as well, too, in terms of if you're going to go into rebuild mode, you need to see what, what you have. And the Adam Vingan of the athletic mindset of play Saros and see what you have. You know what you have with Pecorine. You give him the starts when you, when you need to give him the starts. But Saros, you need to see what he's made of so you can make a decision. That makes, yeah. and that makes sense. It does make sense. And again, this is not anything as Pecorini because we know what he is right now and we know where his standing will overall be with this organization. <laughs> and he's going to get his starts because there's so many back-to-backs. But when you're looking at it, it's more like a Saros gets, say, two, Pekka gets one. That's still plenty of starts. That's what it should be. And because at like the it, same time, Pekka doesn't want to just sit on his ass all the time. Well, no, like, no. We all understand that. And that's not what he would do. It wouldn't be a Tampa Bay situation where it's Vasilevsky all the time. It would be, like you said, 2-1, two, 2-1, one, two, one, two, one, and then sometimes 2-1 the other way. This mm -hmm. makes a lot more sense with like pictures of their faces in my head Yeah, as I'm going along with this. But <laughs> it, it should be Saros time at this point in the season because this team likely isn't getting any better right now. So might as well see what you have. If they were getting better, Saros. they would have won tonight or at least forced overtime. Or at least looked good. Yeah. I mean, th there would have been a sign there to say, okay – Maybe they're just having some bad, quote-unquote, puck luck. There wasn't. It was just but, like, but, but yeah. There wasn't. 
So overall, it's, I wanted to play this John Hines audio too, because I forgot to in the last segment. Because <laughs> I st- well, I started off just basically asking, it, it giving. I wanted to hear his reasoning for what they could have done better. So here, here, I'll just go go right to it. Here we go. So here, have it, have it, have at it. Hi, John. So uh, this team was able to bounce back twice and tie the game. But uh, aside from just scoring more goals, what would you have wanted to see your club execute more on to stay in this game and have a chance to win? Well, we talked throughout the game of, uh, you know, making sure that we were a little bit loose on our line rush against, you know, gave up some chances that way and they got momentum on it. And then, you know, went right back to what we're doing offensively to be able to score more. You know, it's, it was tonight was uh, two perimeter. I think going into the going into the third period, we only had three three zone one grade eight chances uh, going into the third. And that was uh, that was a big issue was, you know, just get it again, getting to the inside, getting to the net, screening the goalie. We wound up tying the game on a good face-off play. We get it through. We got a double screen, stack screen, and wind up putting the puck in the net. And uh, we got away from it a bit tonight. So I'll go right back to what I've said before and quoting Independence Day. You knew then <laughs> you did nothing. That's to the players. You like, knew then. So there's two big things that stand out to me. One is his body language. Don't make me forget about that. Or don't let me forget about that. And two was his emphasis on talking about the structure in the system. And when they execute, it works. But he understands this team isn't a team that can be run and gun willy nilly. I'll say it again. <laughs> and just free firing all the time. Because let's face it. If it's not Philip Forsberg doing it, he can go run and gun and be willy nilly. No yeah. one else on this team can. And we had a question tweeted out at us, too, about the breakout. And there's only, like, a few players that can run Heinz's system. I've just realized this. His system requires high IQ. And I'm not saying his system is specific for high-end teams that have all these fantastic players. You can run this team. You just have to buy – or you can run the system. You just have to buy into it. That's why you see guys like Roman Yossi bringing the puck up more than other defensemen around the league. It's because he's the only one on this team out of a select few that have the know-it-all and wits about him to know where the players are at the same time when going up the ice. Because if you've ever played hockey before, it's really tough to know where everyone is on the ice at the same time. And your puck mover needs to know where that is, whether it's special teams or whether it's five-on-five. That guy, if you're running with that kind of strategy on a breakout, he needs to know where everyone is. Or if you're going to snap the puck around, which this team does once every six games, then you can forego the single puck mover and just work the system. Now, the body language is something I want to talk about, which is really hard to do over an audio podcast. If you have time, watch any John Hines clip, especially this one, because one, Justin asked the question, and two, there's a specific example I want to get at. Well, so, I will. Uh, this will be tweeted out, so it'll be on my yeah. Twitter, the video, okay. so people can go watch. Go watch this, and then watch other Heinz videos. I'm not huge on body language, and I never read into it that much, unless I'm like in person with someone. Heinz is severely hunched over. Before Justin even asked his question, he looks like he just screamed and freaked out, and he's out of energy. I'm not insinuating that he did, but I'm just saying like he looks gassed, he looks exhausted, and he looks like he didn't want to be there at all. He didn't want to answer questions, and I don't blame him. Why would you after getting your butt handed to you by the Detroit Red Wings? But he did something. He fidgeted halfway through and grabbed his tie as he was answering. And I learned that anytime you, like, grab something on your body, adjust your hat while you're talking, put your hand in your pocket or anything like that as you're speaking on a topic that's maybe kind of uncomfortable, you're uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable talking about it because he's probably sick of it. He probably thinks his job is on the line, and you know what? 
It might just be. I don't want to speculate into it too much, but if you're John Hines, you got to feel like you're on the hot seat a bit based on performance. There might be other things going on. Someone might have said, don't worry about it. This is a developing team, blah, blah, blah. So I don't want to even touch on that even more than what I have so far. But he just looked uncomfortable, like just touch. That sounds weird. Touching his body, hunched over. Fidgeting a little bit. Just didn't want to be there. Right. And, and it's under and it's understandable because and as you can tell, the way I worded my question, I, I <laughs> after a loss like that, too, there, that's why I basically put it in his court of what did you want your team to do better? What did they mm-hmm. not execute on? And he answered it. I mean, he answered it, too, and not getting great A chances. So he knows what the problem is. But how does he fix it? How, how, how does he fix it? How does he get the team to fix it? Because, I mean. There have obviously been some questionable things when it comes to lineup decisions, but that's not always on the coaching staff. We know that. We know that management does play a role in it, so it's not throwing the book at anybody. It's that as a whole, there's been some questionable things done, but he knows what's wrong. Most coaches do. I mean, most coaches aren't going to be so stubborn to not know what's wrong. They will be stubborn on when, how do they fix it? Are they going to stay yeah. in their ways to fix it? Are they going to try to develop some other ways to fix it? So we've, we've seen when buy-in happens, what the team could look like. And this goes back to even the Laviolette era, that when they're on their downhill turn, we, we saw specks of periods of what this team could look like when it was just super clicking and gelling. And they're just charging the puck up and cycling the puck and maintaining possession. Everyone's just rolling and rolling and rolling. And then all of a sudden, pff, it pooed around. You're like, well, what happened? You, you just proved that you could do this. What happened? So that was the signifying change that needed to happen overall with the team, with the ionized product, with the, the players in general, and not just tinkering, but needed an overhaul of multiple things. And we haven't seen that yet either because we've seen little glimpses of it. Like you said, Roman Yossi can play this system because he has the ability to, to control the puck, to skate it in, has the high hockey IQ uh, and intelligence on the ice. And not everybody has that. It's not saying players are stupid or dumb or anything like that. It's saying that hockey IQ to just have that perception of I know where I'm going to be going and I know this player is going to be here. That's it's that natural ability. Not everybody's blessed with that either, with that type of skill set. There very no. few players are, period, like you even mentioned too. So it's going to be curious to see what happens after this and the adjustments against Columbus because the Predators, I just got the email. They're not going to practice tomorrow. Before anybody freaks out, can't expect them to always practice in a shortened season like this when it's condensed. They're coming up on a back-to-back. If they go and practice all the time. And it would be a bag skate. Yeah, they would be so exhausted. It's ridiculous. They're coming up on back-to-backs, and they have a game Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. So it's not even like they'd have a full Saturday to recuperate. They'd be coming in and playing less than 24 hours after the practice, basically. So it's it's one of those things, yeah, I know people complain, well, they're not even practicing. Well, they need to fit in when they can, of course, but – how so back to back so it'll be curious to see what they do against this columbus team and we're going to address that next we made our predictions of what our predictions and our our hopes and dreams and everything that we wanted to see happen in the three game spout coming up against one detroit and two columbus let's see now adjusted for this loss what we think will happen up next in the next two games against columbus on locked on predators podcast i'm justin bradford he's matt best over at betonline.ag that's where i go to make my bets against the preds that's where I go to not bet on the Preds. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, is the place you want to go to not only bet on hockey, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, other teams around the league are still pushing out wins. And you can win on them. Some over-unders hit today. I had a few shot props. It was a good day for me wallet. 
Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. I teased you the last episode where I had a Bet Online ad read, and Justin and I are going to wear suits. I'm confirming this right now. Just gonna happen. We're gonna look great. Don't roll your eyes at me. You know how cute we'll look. And then when we do like a, uh, uh, you can wear a tuxedo T-shirt if you want. I'll let you do that. Dude, I haven't worn a suit in a year since the pandemic started. We can I paint wear, a suit on you. I wear suits to every hockey, to every Predators game before for all the home games. I'd wear a suit. Ooh. You didn't know this? Uh, do I go to the games with you? You watch me in social media, don't you? You're right. This is an ad read. Get out of here. <laughs> BetOnline.ag. It's your online sportsbook experts. The best part is they'll give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Again, that promo code. What is it, Justin? Hit me with that promo code. Locked on? Your online sportsbook experts. BetOnline.ag. That's the ad read. Welcome back to the Locked Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best who doesn't realize that I would wear a suit all the time. I mean, you dress up. That's all I took away from me. You dress up and you look nice. Well, yeah, because I have to be on camera before. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd wear a nice suit. Okay, wear a nice dress shirt. Well, I can do that. I'll have to see if it fits and put on some pandemic weight. I mean, you only need the top two buttons done up. You can let everything else flow. Okay, I'll just make sure not to stand up. Well, I mean, the capture shot that people Bleh. see is only a split Bleh. screen of us. Whereas the Zoom, I mean, I'll just look over to my other monitor. Yeah, and speaking of, why does my face always look so freaking fat? In because your do you know how close you sit to your computer compared to me? Because that's what I'm... We, we are both framed up completely differently. Like, I like to go for my chest up, which is what I was taught, is like right around your nips and up. And my camera is like straight on with me. Yours is angled because you're on a laptop, right? I am. Yeah, right now. I probably need to fix it. Is this a little better? I mean, it's slightly better. Yeah. I hate you so much. Well, it's better because I always feel bad. I've had to change the lower third graphic to not chop off your face. And I can't Why didn't fix you tell it. me? Because it doesn't really matter that much. Yes, it does. My mom called me. <laughs> Did she actually? <laughs> hey, uh, you need to you need to like adjust adjust your camera you your face looks so fat <laughs> you need to find a way i'm like mom that's just the way that edits because the program that matt uses and everything but there's no way to make it less fat <laughs> well i mean i could lose weight that would probably help too or i guess sit really really far back or adjust my laptop screen and where, where that is and where the camera's at there i can i guess push it back a little bit okay just this is better you know. right there right there yeah that's perfect okay thanks mrs bradford oh my gosh oh that's hilarious definitely definitely filipino mom there oh that was you do a good filipino accent you look fat and filipino moms say that and they don't like mean to call you fat they're just saying you look fat you look fat of course i am fat all right (laughs) so we we made our assumptions of what we thought could realistically happen for this national predators team over a span of three games one against detroit two against columbus i said one one and one i thought they would beat detroit in (laughs) in regulation and then win one lose one against columbus and lose one in overtime shootout against columbus so getting a point against columbus do i think that the one one and one over this three game span could still happen 
potentially. I mean, this team, <laughs> hold on. This team is fairly Jekyll and Hyde at times. Yeah. I think it could be the kind of thing to where they lose in overtime on Saturday and they go win in regulation on Sunday because they're like, okay, enough. We'll, we'll go and play the system and we'll run the system really good. And then they'll get it. And then people will be like, oh, well, see, I mean, they lost in overtime. Then they got two points. They got three points against Columbus. I don't, I don't know. What's my percentage confidence in that happening? 55. What? Yeah. 55% chance that Come they will, on. that they will, that because this team, they'll get three so, points. It's so Jekyll and Hyde. That they could still fifty five percent is not high. That's still fifty five percent means you think it's going to happen. That's more than fifty percent, and it's not a coin toss. You statistically think that if you ran this simulator a hundred times, it would happen fifty five times. Yeah. So you think it is? I'm not going to say likely or any term. I'm not going to say, but not simulator, but because of the way this team is acting right now. You think more times than not that they'll get three points from Columbus right now? I do shockingly can, enough can you like explain a little more i'm not trying to rag on your opinion i'm just like i'm confused because they're probably gonna end up they're gonna start saros on saturday okay and they'll start rene after so he'll have two days off he needs and it. it's good i know and it's gonna be weird and it's gonna be the kind of thing that they'll have a game like this where they'll piss everybody off <laughs> and then they'll have a game where they rebound a little bit and be like no, no, no. We're going to tease you a little bit and string you along. And Columbus has had their own Jekyll and Hyde moments as well. And it's going to happen to where it's going to be some weird freaking bounce that's going to happen. It's not going to be a dominant performance whatsoever in either of the games by any team. And they're going to squeak out a win. It's going to be like a 4-3 or a 3-2 type of thing. Well, they get, they'll get a win this weekend. So I will say they will get a win, but it's not going to be a confidence booster win. It is going to be one of those, <clears throat> that's how they did it. Okay, that that's why I'm. That's my explanation for it too. It is not me having confidence that they'll do it. So it is more that I think they'll squeak it out because the way this team has shown they can be so flip floppy on how they perform that it'll happen. If the Blue Jackets were coming into this game firing on like average cylinders, I'd believe you a bit more and not question you as much. I'm not saying your take is bad, by the way. Um, but the Blue Jackets are coming off being shut out by Malcolm freaking Subban, who is not a great goaltender. So I take your narrative of getting their butts whooped and I raise it getting shut out by Malcolm Subban, which is up there <laughs> on the Sam Gagne hat trick scale, by the That's way. That's fair. That's very fair. That's uh, very fair. <laughs> if the Predators are going to give up five goals, one's an empty netter, I know, to Detroit, I'm genuinely terrified to see what they give up to the Blue Jackets, who I know just threw up a dud against Malcolm Subban, which is not good, but they hung in there 6-5 the game before that went to a shootout. I'm not going to get pretty and try and predict like an overtime loss or an overtime win kind of thing. <sighs> Split. Split is what my head and my gut is telling me, okay. but I have some nagging part of me that's like, no idiot, they're going 0-2. And I'm, I think that's the cynicist in me it's, that it's is in just me too. that is just fr it's just fresh off watching this game, like trying to say they're gonna win. Like what? Don't that's why that. I'm trying to put my my hat on, my my hat of weird things happening in sports, and just go with and it. It's, hat. Yeah, it's also hockey where I mean, a bad yeah. night from one player, especially your goalie, can just f you. Right, and so that's where I'm thinking like Forsberg's gonna have a multi-point game in one of these games. And it'll be 
Matt just whipped his head around as the back. I heard line. something, man. I heard something. I didn't like it. <laughs> oh my goodness. So my but, studio slash office is in a basement and it's the darkest part of the house. Anyways, continue. Which it's really well lit though. Thank you. But that's that's where I think it Forza would just put the team on his back one of these games and be like, you know what, you guys are sucking it up. Here, I'll do it. Yeah. And that's about all that could happen. I was gonna say that like you're banking on a situation happening here. I, well, I'm banking on it because he's done it and he's pr- basically a point per game player right now, mm-hmm. and it drops off dramatically <laughs> after that. To where you there's only two players on this team right that are in double digits in points. It's uh, it's bad. It's, I mean, it's Forsberg and it's Yossi and Yossi. Y- Yossi, well, yeah. So Yossi's just above ten. I mean, Duchesne's at, <laughs> stuck at eight. Glenland is at what nine now? Oh, this team, man! Like... I know. So, so, but that—that's where my my point of view is coming from, and I could be proven completely wrong. I could be right, or it could fl- be a split. And the matter of the two point or three point, it doesn't really matter right now. The team's bad. Like it's so. I'm not gonna hang my hang everything that I own on them getting one point in an overtime or shootout loss kind of thing. I just think the weird things, the way this all lays out, that that's will happen, and then they'll go on another two or three game losing streak. I'm going zero two. Also, doesn't mean I want them to go get their ass kicked. It just well, means no. I want them to lose but look competitive. Again, <laughs> not advocating for tanking. I'm just saying the worse you do, oh the God. better the draft pick you get. Oh but it's a lottery. God. This is not the year to lose a lot, by the way. Uh, next year is based on draft classes, right. unless you can sneak into the top like three. Right. Um, they have a ton be, of games coming up too against tough yeah, teams. On yeah, time. The Stars <laughs> who blew a three nothing lead to the Panthers. But but after Columbus, it's every other day they have a game for two and a half weeks straight a game every oh, wow. other day so because the the makeup game so carolina tuesday then florida thursday florida saturday dallas sunday so a back-to-back right there then you have carolina again carolina tampa tampa florida florida dallas <laughs> march march is obviously the make or break month for this team, it'll definitely tell whether they're selling or not because you get to the end of March, you're almost at the trade deadline before you have Detroit and Chicago again. But to face Carolina three times, the Florida Panthers, who are dominating right now Good. in the division, four times, Tampa twice, th- that's that's going to be a very telling sign of where this team really is just in two weeks. And we, know, Mid- we know where they're at, but then I think the, the, the truth will be out there then to where people can't say, well, there's still hope. I don't I don't need to see them play the Lightning again. I already know what's going to happen based on what we've seen from this team and what sure, we've seen. Of course. From them. But I do want to see the real litmus test will be the stars and the Panthers and the hurricanes. That's, that's the test right there. The blue jackets. I mean, we're trying to guess on this, but if they had two back-to-back games against the stars, Panthers or hurricanes, I would tell you confidently that they'd lose both. Right. Even no, though the stars just blew a lead to the Panthers wouldn't right. blow a lead to the predators. I'll tell you that no, much. Not at all. So the Preds like, uh, it's just, stuff. I know. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, but we'll we'll see what what happens. And yeah, I mean, obviously, we have two games now to talk about this weekend. So there'll be two more episodes coming up before we take a day off mm-hmm. <laughs> here on Lockdown Predators. So make sure, folks, tell us tell us what you're thinking. Tweet us. He's at Best of Matt. I'm at Justin B. Bradford. Uh, but before we go, 
I wanted Matt to discuss something is he got triggered <laughs> by watching the Detroit broadcast. And it, it was it was actually pretty frustrating to watch. So let me get mine first because I think yours yeah, is gonna you, be longer. You give her. I've thought about how I'm gonna do this not Yeah, yours like is gonna a be a little bit longer of a rant. It's as everyone knows, it's important to me to learn how to pronounce names correctly. Mm. The National Predators and Short Red Wings have been playing long enough against each other. Yeah, they're in different conferences typically right now. But you should know how to say Pecorine's name. That was not happening. Yarn Croak is not Yarn Croc. I, oh, mm. Also, Yarn Croak was in the Detroit organization. <laughs> Thank you. Before. Like little things like that. And they and referenced it. And it, yeah, and to consistently say it wrong was just one of those things that kept making me twitch a little bit. Like, okay, come on. But to not get Pecorine, at least get Pecorine. Or Rine, how it's actually supposed to be said. One of the mm-hmm. two. But I can't even, I don't even want to try to say what they're saying. It was just off because then it'll get me into bad habits. Yes. <laughs> so I want to remember how to say his name because it really is supposed to be Pekka Rine is his name. Rene is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Rene, I think is what they meant. Rene. A lot. Some, so, a lot. Something like that. It's, it was very frustrating. Those are the things that stood out to me. And then when Matt started coming at me with all of his things, I was like, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh. Now, I've it's... heard really bad broadcasts coming out of the state of Florida as well. And Boston has been bad, yeah. too. Biased but... broadcasts, yeah. Yeah, biased broadcasts. But, Matt, <clears throat> take over, bud. So, this is what irks me the most. I'm Am I 26 or 27? Whatever. One of the oh two. I'm God. tired. And I'm trying my ass off to break into sports media. I've been trying since I transitioned careers from political science. I like, and that was 2013, 2014, where I made the switch. Regardless, this is a tough ass section to get in. It's hard to get a job. It's hard to get a paying job. It's hard to get an internship. It's hard to find a job that'll pay you more than exposure. It's hard to do any of that. So when I turn on a broadcast for a national hockey league broadcast, I expect some sort of, of professionalism. I expect this to be the gold standard. I don't care if you make fun of Fox sports. I don't care if you think they're terrible. They're broadcasting NHL games. You would expect that their broadcasters will care to go and learn the names, will care to learn the Jersey numbers, will care to watch what they say on air. When you don't know the name of the player, how hard is it to go number 17 into the corners takes a hard check. Oh, he slips it out to number 33 shot. It's like, it's not hard. Instead of going, who, who's that guy in the corner? Uh, I don't know. Do you know who he is? Ha <laughs> ha Like get out of here with that. Don't go on a broadcast and flat out and blatantly show to everyone else that you don't know what you're talking about and laugh about it. It's professionalism at its worst. I don't care if you're having a bad day. Like, you turn that off for two hours for a broadcasting thing. And that sounds like me neglecting mental health. It's absolutely not. If you can't go on air and give your 100%, say it. Your color guy can go on. Your play-by-play guy can go on by himself. And you can call in a reporter that day to come do the broadcast with you. I promise you it is that easy to do so. So don't come at me with that. I don't understand the crying, the biased crying about non-calls happening. And then when a goal scores, you flip your back on and you're like, oh, I guess we didn't need that call anyways. We're just better. The Preds look really bad. It's like, 
how about you be an analysis or you show some analysis here. You break down the game. You do what you're paid to do and give a, you can be biased. It's your home broadcast. I truly, that's fine with me, but just be fair about it. Show like some gusto in your calls too. Don't be cowarding around and laughing at with one another, making fun of the other team. They're professional hockey players who are making more money than you. Like, grow up. And then at the end of the game, here's the one thing that I will specifically call out. And I'm comfortable calling all of these things out because as a broadcaster, if someone were to critique me and critique me fairly on the things that happen, there's video evidence of happening. Sure, I'll listen to it. And I'm not saying these guys by name. I'm not going out and telling you to like freak out on them or anything. Maybe they just had a bad broadcast. Sure, that's completely fine. But don't start saying when Pecorine came out of the net that he called his own number to come out of the net, that he disregarded anything and Heinz didn't wave him over. You don't, that does not happen. A goalie does not go, I'm pulling myself for the empty net. Here I come coach. Because if that happens, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that people don't know about. So don't go on air and be like, he just skated to the bench on his own. He didn't. If you missed the wave over, you missed the wave over. Just say Peck has gone to the bench for the extra man. That's all you need to do. So my Coles notes for this rant that just pisses me off to no end because this industry is just filled with this type of stuff way too much. And it's just beyond frustrating. Be professional, show you care about your job and good things will come. Or you know what? Someone's going to take your job. I really wish it was that point where people would take someone's job. There are way too it's... many people that are too, that are overly secure in their jobs <sighs> when it comes to that, just because of what they did or who they were more than yep. anything and not what they do right now. Uh, you can, you can take from that as much as you want because you all know it's darn true. <laughs> it is the damn truth. It takes way too much for someone to get relieved of their job when it comes to broadcast and things like that. That has to be something personal that they did wrong instead of just being bad at their job. I mean, <laughs> it should be, if they're bad at their job, they're bad at their job. They need to go and be replaced. Not just, oh, yeah. well, they've done this or they were professional for this long. And they have so much insight. If they're bad at their job, they're bad at their job. And, and it's, it's like, I've heard bad broadcasts. Part of my other job, I will, like, I'll say it right now and locked on. I'm sorry if I'm not allowed to talk about my other job. I work at SportsCenter as a producer and I get to watch a ton of hockey games all the time, which means I'm watching a ton of different home feeds. You can tell the difference between a bad broadcast and just what Detroit was doing tonight. It's... <sighs> I'm out of words for it. All right. It exhausts me for talking about it. I'm sorry to end it on a sad and ranty note. No, I think people are in a ranty and sad mood anyway. You gotta gotta call spade a spade, like we said earlier. All right, folks. Well, we'll have plenty more this weekend and we will get a much, much better idea on where this team stands uh, because Detroit could pass Nashville again uh, over the weekend, right? And we will see where we're natural, where they stand and more and more will fill you in as we go. So make sure you like, subscribe, give us a review, tell us what you want us to talk about. If you have a topic that you've been dying for us to talk about, we haven't been able to touch on it yet. I think we've touched a lot of different topics, though, even on off days. Let us know. Oh, yeah. Tweet us at Justin Bradford, at Matt, the best of Matt, at LO underscore Predators. Just let us know if there's topics out that you want us to address and get our opinions on because we're more than happy to give our opinions, even though you may not like it. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.